Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about something affecting sharks in Florida, and I talk about another awesome dog breed. Our favorites today come from opposite ends of the U.S., and our animal of the week is slightly terrifying. Interesting, but terrifying. So let's dive into episode 55 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. to episode 55 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new group of awesome animals. Mm -hmm. But first, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I've been snorkeling. That's fun. Where? La Jolla. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Is there a specific snorkeling area that's different from like the swimming area, I assume? Um, It's a little bit towards the cove, La Jolla Cove, near that area. Okay. But it is, like, literally approximately next to where the swimmers are and people for crew go out. For crew? Yes. Yeah, so like, like the stuff? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that Not area. Not the surfers, stuff. I imagine, because that would be bad. No. You'd get run over. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, and yeah. how was that? It was fun. Very clear water. Nice. Um, no sharks. My sister said, thought she, she yelled shark, um, but she didn't have her goggles on and she was just sitting at the surface. So I don't know if it was actually a shark or just some big fish. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I went over and I was like searching, where is it? Where is it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't see a shark. Um, I did see one fish I've never seen before, um, but I saw this time is a California sheephead. What is that? It's a sheephead. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Fish, it's a but... So these guys, have you seen like those video pictures and videos recently of fish with like these creepy looking kind of human-like teeth? Yes. Yeah. So those are sheepheads. Okay. Um, ours, the California sheepheads, females are this like pinkish, kind of smaller, more slender color. Okay. This one was a male. It had like the black and red. Yeah, and they're a cool fish because sometimes the females, when they get big, more dominant, they will turn into males. So weird. Yes. So weird to me that that happens. Yeah, they'll eat urchins too. Everyone's eating urchins lately. <laughs> okay. Yes, but these will eat your urchins because yeah, <laughs> they're in the same area. <laughs> yeah, I've never okay. seen that fish before, and I finally got to see a spiny lobster. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I've never been snorkeling here because it's mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. So. I have a good wetsuit. It keeps me nice. That's good. Yeah. Aren't warm. they, like, impossible to get into, though? <laughs> Mine's actually an extra large, and I'm a large, so no. it's, like, a bit yeah. more of annoying. Just because I have loose neoprene hanging around, it's like, I need this to be tighter. It's like, I my legs aren't that long. <laughs> <laughs> just have things hanging out. Yeah. I forgot, do you use flippers, or do you just go? Just I go? use my flippers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah makes it more efficient. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would definitely like life vest yeah. up flippers yeah. the whole yeah. the whole time. Except our flippers are so annoying on the beach. <laughs> oh yeah. Um but yeah, I want to do it but it's so cold. Yeah. It's fun. Is it ever not freezing? Yeah, um sometimes it's not. 
<laughs> specific. <laughs> it's August, so I feel like if it's this is as good as it's gonna get. Yeah, it's like it was completely different because like my sister, she just has like the top kind of wetsuit sort mm-hmm. of. It's made of neoprene, but she doesn't have the bottom half. So like she was cold, I was not. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah, you need a nice wetsuit. I want to go. And there were like, there's some pretty decent sized fish. I can't remember which species they were. And they were getting close. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's what may have freaked out my sister. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like a wetsuit would not be something I would use mm-hmm. enough to, to justify mm-hmm. getting one. But it would be cool to go snorkeling. And we have mm-hmm. to go to Catalina, Catalina and go snorkeling at some point. They definitely need a wetsuit. I went in my spring suit. <laughs> it was freezing. What's the spring suit? What's the difference to that? It's very thin, like one millimeter, one, uh, mil- one to two millimeters thick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Anyway. Centimeters. And I don't want to be by the sea lions and stuff because I don't want to get eaten by an orca. Or a shark. <laughs> yeah, much more likely a shark. <laughs> cool. That yeah. makes people feel good, Casey. Well, like, orcas, the only place where they come in really close to shore, typically, to hunt for seals is in Patagonia down in South America. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's where they go up and beach themselves. At this point, I feel like I don't know what I'd be more concerned about if I saw yes. it in the water, of an orca or a shark. <laughs> what kind of shark? It depends, I guess, on the shark. Yeah, because, like, actually the most se- <laughs> this might not be. Yeah. The most severe orca attack on a human in the wild was in California, actually. Great. A surfer, <laughs> orca, decided to grab oh, its leg. Oh, they legs. were just surfing? Were they swimming still, or were they up on the board? I don't think they were up on the board. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like, the thing, like, it's two different kinds of dangers. Like, a shark, it will slice you. Mm-hmm. Orcas, they have blunt teeth and they point backwards. Oh. So if they bite you, you're not getting away. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hope dies. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, and dolphins like certain dolphins can just be like oh they think they're playing and they can kill you like i saw this um one video these people are free diving with some pilot whales Mm -hmm. the guy looks away just for a few seconds to fix his camera he looks up she's 30 feet down with the in the pilot whale's mouth i saw that one time yeah yeah but then he brings her back up yeah but who knows i don't know how she didn't get the bends Mm -hmm. she was uh, you only get the bends if you're using like a breather oh okay yeah but anyway, that one still sucked, though. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that's craziness. Mm-hmm. But then I yeah. love the stories of, like... Yeah. Also, we don't get many orcas down this far. I remember, there was a big story a couple of years ago when there were orcas spotted in San Diego. Yeah. yeah. But would they be off Catalina, though? Mm. Probably not. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. They... Prefer colder waters typically. Maybe some offshore orcas, but those are even way further out. Those are the asshole orcas. No. Those guys eat sharks. Oh. Offshore killer whales. Yeah, they're a very understudied species. Um, they specialize um, in large fish and sharks, so they have very worn down teeth. Oh, I like them better. And they actually they go gather in these huge pods, like mm-hmm. even bigger than resident orca pods are. Okay. Well, anywho. On to sort of happier things. I mean, snorkeling on its own is happy, but we took that in a dark way. Um, I was curious. <laughs> so I went to Disney Plus, and instead of watching a documentary where I might be sad, um, <laughs> I was curious um, because they have the new Turner and Hooch series, 
And I, they keep advertising it. So I was like, I'll mm-hmm. watch this. Sure, whatever. Um, I've never seen the original movie. Neither have I. Yay. We should probably watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it um, it's cute. It's fun. It's it's like good and bad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I see what like one of the episodes they definitely do like a massive kind of shout out to um, the Christmas movie that no one thinks is a Christmas movie, Die Hard. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. So um, <laughs> um, so it's a massive shout out to Die Hard, but like. I see what they're trying to do, and in some ways it works, but in other ways it's mm-hmm. not great. So um, I just I think also just like as a, a film more type major, I just noticed so many things. I'm like, this makes zero sense. And just like even mm-hmm. like before that, like just like physics sometimes, I'm like, that doesn't work. Also, at one point, one guy gets thrown down like four flights of stairs and lands on his back. I'm like, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He's not just moaning in pain. Like, mm-hmm. he's dead. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so it was, it's, I don't know, it's kind of cute, so it's kind of worth watching, but it's, it's not great, but it's, but it's, you know, it's cute. It's, it's also probably made for kids. Yeah. So, whatever. But anyway, um, but, and also related to Disney, um, I forget what kind of dog that is, too. It's not a Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Go look it up. A Neapolitan Mastiff. That? That's a thing? Pretty sure. I, I just thought it was an ice cream. No. That's the um, first thing that pops up. Was ice cream? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that ice cream. <laughs> um, I forget what kind of dog he is. I'm sure the, it's the same kind of massive movie. my sister wants is a yeah. That's uh oh. That's oh dear. What I do? Moved it. I don't know what you did. Oh, I opened a tab. Oh, okay. What is it? What kind? It is a Neapolitan. Okay. Yeah, it's, my sister. It sis- doesn't look like a Neapolitan. It's not a Neapolitan. That's lies. I don't know what Cujo <laughs> is, but it's that's, not a Neapolitan massive. Oh no. That's Bang though. From Harry Potter. Uh, oh, it is Fang! Mm-hmm. Oh, um, feels. Yeah, because a Neapolitan Massive was the closest thing they could get to looking like that kind of dog. Yeah. Um, my sister, my older sister, she really would love to have a Tibetan Mastiff. I wonder if it's a, I don't think it's a Tibetan Mastiff. Hmm. Is it a Tibetan Mastiff? Are you looking up what Cujo is? Yeah. I need to know. Okay. It might be a Tibetan Mastiff. What? I, no. Try again. Cujo is not a Tibetan Mastiff. He's like drooly and big lips and there's no pictures. Search images. I'm looking for like, this is not going usually well. they're the dogs included in the cast. Oh, okay. But I don't think he is. Oh, that's me. Well, as we've learned before, it usually takes multiple dogs. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like Homeward Bound was a bunch of different doggies. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, while well, he looks that up. Also speaking of Disney, this actually happened a while ago, but a couple episodes before I said... He's a St. Bernard. He's not a St. Bernard. Okay, maybe in the movie, but in the show he's not. Mm. How did they even decide that was Cujo then? It's not even close to being the same dog. Mm. Can you look up the TV series, Cujo? Anyway, um, so I was saying how I could afford my Animal Park pass so I don't have a Disney pass now because they've gone away with them. And then almost immediately after I said that, Disney came out with their new passes, which they're not calling passes, but they're passes. And it's keys, Casey, now. There's, like, the dream key and the magic key. They're passes. They just require reservations. Yeah. So it. do you get a card still? Uh, I don't know if they do. Probably, because it'd be easier to scan it than mm-hmm. having... I mean, they do have the, like... No, Disney doesn't do that yet. I don't think I don't think they do that. Some, do they? Gosh, I haven't been in a while. No, that's the movie. I, that's what shows it's up. Not a, oh, my gosh. This is frustrating. I'm going to find this out, folks. Mm. Um, anyway... But, um, but they I always forget again. that it was written by Stephen King. So now, no, of course Excuse it's written by... Get, please make that go away. 
Yeah, I don't do that. Thank you. Um, anyway, um, so they are going to have passes again, so I don't know if I'm going to get one again or not. The nice thing is the reservation thing kind of is annoying because sometimes we go kind of like last minute. But now even the like cheaper ones, there are some Saturdays you can go. And now that I work all the time during the week, I'm like Saturday and Sunday. It's like basically when I can go. So I'm like, hmm, maybe. But also as COVID's doing so well, you know, kind of pointless to get a Disney thing right now. I don't trust people here, man. But anyway, are you still looking up? No, this is something completely different. Okay, great. Well, I think we're at a point where we can get into, um, you know, what we actually want to talk about today. And I have a segue, Casey. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yes, I would. I'm just talking about Disney, right? And Disneyland, Mm -hmm. getting passes to Disneyland. Have you been to Disney World ever? Look at you helping with my transition. <laughs> I have when I was six, and I really want to go back. But do you know, where is Disney World, Casey? Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about what you want to talk about, Casey. Damn Florida. Oh, that's not it. What are you, are you looking at COVID cases right now? I wanted, I wanted to know statistics for California and shit. Right now? My mind wanders. Oh my god. Focus case. Sixty-five percent one dose, fifty-three fully. Oh, as how many people are vaccinated? Percentage, yeah. Okay. But Delta's also breaking three. So. I know. Anyway, okay. I still wear my mask inside, it's okay. So do I. Anyway, um okay. I'm gonna have to edit all that out. No, we're keeping that shit. Gosh, yes. so angry. We're keeping it. Casey, where's ha- Disney World? Florida. Okay. <laughs> Tell us your story. The sharks aren't having a good time in Florida. Oh, no. They're yes. not going to Disney. No. Recently, multiple shark species are re- retreating into the canals around the coast of Florida. No, no. Yes. Hundreds of sharks have been moving into these canals in response to tax- toxic algal blooms toxic. occurring. in <laughs> tax. <laughs> algal blooms occurring in the area. The sharks spotted in these canals are bonnet head, black tip, nurse, and lemon sharks. What do bonnet heads look like? They They're like the head. smallest species of hammerhead. Oh, how cute! Yeah. Well, if, now I need to know. Uh, they're That's probably the most common hammerhead in um, aquaria. Oh, okay, because they're small. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them a couple of times. Um, these sharks can be found in the canals under normal conditions year-round, but never in such large numbers as they are right now. Okay. And scientists suspect that these species are going to these canals because there have been excessive growths in the dinoflagellate Carinia brevis, which causes red tides. Mm. I'm pretty sure when we went to Florida, we went on like a harbor cruise, and I think there was a red tide because mm-hmm. it was so crazy because people started coughing. And then more people started coughing, and the entire boat was coughing. And we're like, what is up? And he's like, oh, there's red tide. It's whatever in the I'm air. I'm going to get into that a bit. Oh, gosh. Okay, sorry. Okay. Okay. Get ahead. So dinoflagellates are photosynthetic microorganisms, and like other algae, can have algal blooms when there is excessive amount of nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus in the water. Okay. These nutrients typically come into the ocean through river systems, but excessive levels can be caused by flooding, soil erosion, as well as fertilizer and animal waste runoff. Nice. Mm-hmm. The dinoflagellates produce a neurotoxin, which can be lethal to marine animals. Okay. As well, mammals, birds, turtles, and fish, where there are high enough levels dur- during an algal bloom. This toxin can be problematic for people as well 
as humans can get sick by swimming in close proximity to the red tide or by eating contaminated seafood. Ew. Which well, is we why just you... coughed because we inhaled yeah. stuff. Yeah. This is why it's often advised not to eat seafood, especially along the coast after there have been a red tide. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. We definitely ate seafood in Florida at the time. Did you get sick? No. No. Good. But everyone wanted to eat all this catfish, and I'm like, not happening. Catfish? Yeah. It's like a big thing. Like all really? kinds of like catfish and different types of things. It's like a big thing in Florida or just like? I don't know, at least where we were. Like you're along the coast, seafood's better. You would think. Yeah. I still, when I was in Alaska, I barely ate fish there, and I was like, what am I doing? Really? How have I not had salmon? Uh, I love salmon. It was delicious. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Yes. Also, in high enough concentrations, the toxin can become airborne. There we go. That's what happened to us. Yeah, and can cause people with respiratory conditions like asthma to have breathing problems. Oh, you don't need a respiratory condition. Yeah. The entire and body you'll is also, coughing. Yeah. <laughs> now, yep. You might have, like, an attack. Mm-hmm. And all these problems combined mean that they cause a loss of about $82 million each year. Ooh, wow. Yep. And this red tide caused over 725 metric tons of dead fish and other sea life to wash ashore of Whoa. Pinellas County. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And then the number could be exacerbated due to the high winds from Tropical Storm Elsa and may not be due solely to the red tide. Oh, okay. Yeah. But scientists believe the main culprit for this red tide, which is the worst in the state's history, oh. is a malfunction at a power plant. Lovely. There was a dam that holds a reservoir full of phosphorus and nitrogen in the water. Oh, no. That started to fail, and they had to release 132 million liters of contaminated water into the ocean. Always a good thing. Yeah. And this contaminated water likely provided nutrients needed to cause the massive algal bloom resulting in the red tide. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. And the concentration of the dinoflagellate has been particularly high around St. Petersburg and Sarasota, which has been causing the sharks to retreat into the canal so they can escape the toxins. Oh, these poor sharks. However, scientists do not know exactly what is the trigger forcing the sharks to retreat into the canals. And some hypotheses have been about changes in water chemistry, drop in oxygen, the toxins themselves, or even the concentration of dead fish in the water. Wow. And given the severity of the red tide, which started in December, scientists are not sure how long the sharks may remain in the canals to avoid the red tide. Oh my gosh, this is a long time. Yeah. Have they but been in the entire time since December? No, it or? got very severe for them, and this started happening more in July. Oh, okay. Yeah. However, if the tide lasts significantly longer uh, amount of time, it would be problematic for the sharks because it's such a small area with such a high concentration of sharks. Mm, Resources yeah. will be depleted relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. There we go. Yeah. That's Florida for you. <laughs> That's a lot of places, honestly, for you. But, yeah. um, you know, what you going to do? Yep. Well. Another fun fact. <laughs> Yeah. I hate saying this, but Florida also has the most gold medalists. <laughs> there are good things about Florida. Yeah. There's but it's... a lot of negative things about Florida. <laughs> there are also negative things about California. Yeah. But more good things. <laughs> um, okay. Also, I did, speaking of, um, uh, this isn't a segue that makes up with Florida. But um, we were trying to figure out what kind of dog Cujo was because I'm crazy because I literally told you that I watched Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Completely different dog. Not the same dog. Okay. Hooch 
is a... I feel because we see Doge all the time on like memes and stuff. I don't know how to pronounce. Obviously, it's French. Doge de Bordeaux? D O G U E. Doge? What? De Bordeaux is what hooch is. Anyway, I'm crazy. I said the wrong dog. Good but yeah, Lord. there we go. Anyway, but what? what is hooch? What is he, Casey? A dog? Yeah, he's a dog. We're going to talk about another dog. And there's right. one doggy that I brought up early on in this thing that we haven't touched on yet. And I love them. And I've rarely seen them in person. But at one of the locations I worked at with that place we used to work, there was a couple who had um, two, I think, actually. And I loved them. And I was so excited. And I was like, is that this dog? And they were like, yeah. Most people don't know. I'm like, they're so cool. I wanted to get one for a while. Anyway. And I am, of course, talking about, who do you think it is, Casey? I don't know. Feral hound. Oh, They're yeah. so cool. Mm. All right, let's see here. So, AKC, as per usual, will be linking this for all of its glory. They are noted as smart, noble, and friendly. Of the ones I've met, I feel like this is accurate. And, um, oh, it's not going to tell me where. They, oh, there we go. Where do you. Oh, not very popular. Um, where do what? You, where do you think <laughs> they, they rank on popularity? It's one to what? To 20. Sorry, 200. 152. Pretty close, dude. 172. Look at you, man. All right. These are awesome doggies. So basically when you see like statues of dogs back in Egyptian times, pretty much look like pharaoh hounds, percentages. Kind of like that kind of a look. Um, so we'll start with the history of them, and it starts off golden as usual. If you go to the AKC page, dude, and scroll down and you look at fine pharaoh hound puppies, you look at that picture and see how cute <laughs> it is. Anyway, okay, here we go. So here we are. <laughs> AKC in all its glory. The history of the canine race might be very different what? without the Phoenicians. I'm assuming is how you say that. These seafaring traders from what is today Lebanon sailed the Mediterranean 2,500 years ago doing a brisk business in luxury items. It's assumed that the Phoenicians disseminated Egyptian hounds throughout the ancient world as far west as Britain. And the prevailing theory suggests that Phoenicians introduced the pharaoh to Malta, where they were used as rabbit hunters. Have you seen how big these dogs are and you got to go hunt rabbits? That is what, like, yeah. the Britain Terrier is for. Anyway, in, seven, in, 17, in 1979, the pharaoh was named the National Hound of Malta, which is hilarious what? because what also dog comes, I'm assuming it comes from Malta, a Maltese. I assume it comes from Malta. That'd be ridiculous if it didn't. Let me see. So a pharaoh hound is the national dog when you got a Maltese? Am I wrong? Are they crazy? Do they not come from Malta? He's going to find on. out. He's going to find out while we continue learning about pharaoh hounds. Anyway, so. And then, of course, they go into the about the breed. The uh, pharaoh hound ancient blushing dog of Malta is an elegant but rugged sprinting hound bred to, con oh my gosh, hound bred to course small game over punishing terrain. Quick and tenacious on scent, these friendly, affectionate hounds settle down nicely at home. Have you found the answer yet? Nope. They get their name from Malta. I don't think they're from there. That's weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why name something you're not from? Also, Malta's a weird place. Anyway. Because right. it's kind of like a country, but really not. Pretty sure it is a country. Pretty sure it's what's called a city-state because Europe has a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> yeah, Europe. There you go. Yeah, no, it's anyway, weird. Anyway, back to the awesome pharaoh hounds. Pharaohs are sleek 
aerodynamic coursing hounds, bred for high-speed pursuit on rocky terrain. Among their several distinguishing traits are a tight tan coat with matching leather on the nose, ears, and eye rims, ravishing amber eyes, a white-tipped tail, the ability to smile, and a unique way of blushing when happy or excited. His face glows like a god, wrote an admirer some 3,000 years ago. People were crazy back then too, Casey. <laughs> anyway, these elegant visitors from antiquity possess the speed and graceful movement of all coursers descended from the from Bronze Age hounds. Bronze Age hounds, excuse me. Anyway, they're super awesome to look at. Obviously, I'll be linking a picture. If you think a pharaoh hound might be for you, um, some of the things to look out for as far as health, um, they always want you looking out for hip evaluations, thyroid evaluations, ophthalmologist evaluations and patella evaluations all pretty standard stuff this seems to be the case with almost every dog grooming wise um have okay. we talked about any of the like freakish breeds that have weirder problems like any of the bulldogs or any of those guys yeah no okay i don't think we no we haven't talked because bulldogs are common mm-hmm. i'm trying to do not common i'm not gonna talk about german shepherds either probably can we talk about wolfhounds okay sometime <laughs> we'll talk about a wolfhound because they're cool yeah I saw these. I remember one couple came in and they had a Russian wolfhound. It's oh. like, it's huge. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've met Irish wolfhounds and they're massive. I oh, yeah. People are like, great things are so big. I'm like, have you met a wolfhound? I know. <laughs> I'm like, they're huge. Yep. Anywho, um, back to pharaoh hounds who are amazing and elegant. Um, that's my descriptor. They don't need a lot of grooming. Uh, a daily light brushing or heavier weekly brushing will do. Um, with baths as necessary. That's also a thing, I don't know if we've ever touched on that before. With dogs, some people overbathe their dogs. Don't do that. Unless yeah. your dog like goes out and gets into something gross, like six weeks. <laughs> this is max how often you want to do it. Anyway, um, and then obviously, as with every dog, keep their nails trimmed. Um, and they, they say specifically, short enough that they do not make tapping sounds when they walk across the floor. <laughs> what? That's basically what you're supposed to do with all. If you can hear clicking, clicking, it's time to get them trimmed. Unfortunately, with Tiger Lily, her quicks are so long that I can barely trim mm. them, so I have to do it like every two weeks if I was to keep up with it. And as you can imagine, that does not go. I've well. never had problems with my cat's claws. <laughs> why my cats? Uh, Were they indoor, outdoor, or just indoor? Indoor, outdoor. That's probably why. No, I thought I when they're outdoor, wish. they probably ground them down yeah. better. Yeah, I wish that we kept them indoor though, because it'd be safer. One of my yeah, yeah, and one of my cats decided would decide to wander a lot. Mm-hmm. And we would have to go on a scavenger hunt for to him. To find them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Whoa. him. Oh. His sister was perfectly fine. She'd come right in. It's like, it's like you can't find me. He's like, no, yeah. I'm free. But the cute thing with her is, like, they, like, knew they would not allow to, like, scratch on the couches and stuff. The My tabby, he did not care. He still did it And when we weren't looking. But the other one, she learned that we had this square from her, their cat tree from when they were kids, Mm -hmm. uh, kittens. And there was over in this corner. If you go walk all the corner just to scratch on the little square. Aww. Mm. That's such a good girl. Yes, I miss her. Affie used to like her scratching post there. There's the base of it, and she liked to scratch the carpet right Mm -hmm. at the base of it. Like, the actual carpet. It's right next to the scratching post. That was a great place for her to scratch. (sighs) Anyway, Tiger Lily has some major problems. (laughs) She has scratching, which we cannot break her of yet, and um, and eating the cords, obviously. Mm -hmm. This is a big issue. Anyway, um, back to the pharaoh hounds. Exercise-wise, um, they say anyone considering owning a pharaoh must know that the breed does require a regular exercise schedule. Keep them on a schedule to keep happy and in good condition. If you are fortunate to have a self-runner, just let him run 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> twice a day. 
grabbed it. <laughs> self runner. Oh, Sorry, are you a self runner? <laughs> Can you go run yourself? Great. I just imagine a pharaoh hound on a treadmill. <laughs> right. I think it'd be so funny to be like working out on a treadmill and then have one next to you with a dog, and you're just like watching like a show together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they were they suggest a six foot high fenced in area about fifty by fifty feet so that they can run around and get probably get their zoomies out basically. Anyway, and if they're not a natural runner, be prepared to walk your pharaoh at least twenty minutes twice a day. And no amount of training should be trusted to overcome the pharaoh's strong hunting instinct. He should never be allowed to exercise off-lead in an unclosed area. Won't take off. What are you going to do? Anyway, I'm not even getting into training. Train all dogs. I don't know if they're easy to train. I don't know if it's going to say that. This says they're quick to learn and eager to please. There you go. Great, great, great. Um, so, yeah, they're really cool. Um, they're distinctive looking. They have, like, these big, like, pointy kind of ears. And they're very, like, tall and, like, svelte. And they're just really cool dogs. Mm. You've now seen a picture, and aren't they cool? Yes, they are. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. So I will post a picture and link this, and you can read all all the other details about them. Mm-hmm. But that is the Pharaoh Hound. Super awesome doggies. And that gets us into um, our, our picks this week. Why are you giggling already? I don't know. Okay, just because we're crazy. Just because I'm all shark today. He has a shirt that talks about sharks on it. which is Sharks make true. me happy. You not, not so much. Yeah, you not so much. But the you not so much is very small, and it needs to be bigger, so it's more of a nephew to people. <laughs> more of a fahaka you to people. <sighs> anyway. All right. So, it was Chase. Oh, my God, you're Chase again. I'm Chase today. <laughs> you're going to be Kate. No, Katie, Chase, and Chasey now. Yeah. Uh, At least I haven't been called Cassie yet. No. It, well... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why Cassie hasn't happened yet. <laughs> anyway, um, it was Casey's turn to pick. And what did you choose, Casey? I picked marine fish we've seen in the wild. Which are so many options for Casey because he has been snorkeling all the time. I've been snorkeling yeah. one time in the ocean. So, anywho's, And the other things I've seen have all been mammals. So. <laughs> all right, so... Continue, Casey. Who is your favorite fish you've seen in the wild? Mine is the leopard shark. Whoa! <laughs> he had an empty water bottle sitting on the desk, and he moved the desk. The desk, it's a table thing. And it fell off, and in his attempt to catch it, he then batted it against the wall. <laughs> so if you heard that noise, so sorry. Anywho, let's get into the leopard shark. Yes, so its scientific name is Triacus semifasciata. Okay. To, to clarify, these are the ones in the in the Africa rocks, aren't they? Yes, but aren't from Africa. They're not from Africa. It really annoys me that they put them in with animals they're not from. Even though yes, the, the, there are leopard sharks around where they live. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I'm like, these are from two different places, and yes, they're like, you know, environment is similar, but like, it's weird. I don't like it. Anyway, continue on. Whatever. No one cares. They do care, Casey. I should see an equal You know how many birds in the aviary don't belong together. <laughs> But I guess I just never cared about birds that much, so that's why. There's a leopard from Asia in Africa rocks. <laughs> also true. <laughs> why? Why would you make Africa rocks and have animals that are not from Africa? It really upsets me, Zoo. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> anyway, continue. I also love how the last part of Africa rocks is something they did not have to build. It was just something already there. Which part? The, the down co- by the copy. The clip springer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that oh, stuff. yeah, that was already there. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just my luck. Yeah. All right, continue. Yes, so they have a small geographic range as they are only found from Oregon down to the Gulf of California. Okay. And they typically range from 50 to 120 centimeters, but some may reach lengths of 1.8 meters. Okay. 
That's pretty. That's pretty big. Yes, I've never seen one that big. No, I've never seen. Well, I haven't seen them in a while, but <laughs> anyway. Yep. They are a benthic species that lives on the sandy bottoms of the coast, as well as bays and estuaries. Okay. <laughs> and they can also be found around rocky reefs and kelp forests. Okay. And the species gets its name because of the dark saddle patches on its dorsal side, which somewhat resemble a leopard. I don't think they resemble a leopard, but they are very pretty. Yes, they're splotchy. Yeah, but it's more like a cow splotch than a leopard splotch. Yes, but... <laughs> they weren't inventive. It's okay. <laughs> Bi- uh, biologists were not inventive. No. No. And being a benthic species of shark, its diet consists primarily of invertebrates and small fish. So if you see one, don't worry about it taking a bite as long as you keep your distance. I wonder, do you think they're in the area where you go swimming? Because I've definitely... In La Jolla? Like, anywhere. Like, yeah, in probably. San Diego, I mean. Yeah. Because I've definitely run into fish while I've been out there. Yeah. Like, I feel them come against me. Because, like, I go to, like, La Jolla Shores. It's literally not far at all from yeah. where people are swimming. I've definitely had fish run into me mm-hmm. while I'm out there. And, like, I'm pretty sure I got bit one time. Yeah. And I doubt it was a fish. Yeah. So I'm pretty and sure you need to be careful because you don't do the stingray shuffle. I don't do the shuffle. Yeah. And I've seen, like, tons... I one time went out there. There were just tons of baby stingrays. Oh, how cute! Until yeah. you get stung. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your yes. So in Southern California, leopard sharks are well known for gathering in large numbers around San Diego and the Channel Islands. Yay! <laughs> and they gather in such massive numbers to reproduce during the warmer months of the year. So that's when we should go snorkeling. Yes. To see them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's around the time when I saw them. Last time. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see any. That's true. You didn't see this time. Nope. I was upset. <laughs> um, they are a ovoviviparous species, so their eggs hatch inside the mother, who carries the pups around for about 10 to 12 months before giving birth. Does she also have two? Um, oh my god, my brain is gone. <laughs> Uterus. Yes, she uteri? has. Uteri? Two uteruses. Okay. I've heard uteruses and I've heard uteri. Okay. Yay. And studies have found that the red blood cells... Yeah, it's blood sugar? What? (laughs) Studies have found that the red blood cells in this species are smaller and more numerous than in some of their relatives, like the brown and gray smoothhound. Okay. And so this may provide them with an ecological advantage by being able to absorb more oxygen, which allows them to outcompete other sharks. Hmm, Okay. Mm -hmm. And it is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. And this species is potentially under threat by overfishing because they have a slow growth rate and it takes them a few years before reaching sexual maturity. Are they being fished for food? Yes. Okay. They don't look like they'd have that much food on them. No. I'd rather see it swim. Yeah, me too. Anyway, okay. They're really pretty. Yeah. Really, what was really funny is... um. We took video when we saw them, and it's funny because we looked back, and before we, I yelled shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that moment very distinctively. Freaking swimmers out, by the way. <laughs> well, there weren't, like, swim- there were only other snorkelers around us. Okay. I feel like that would <laughs> yeah. still freak me out <laughs> if I was not there to look for them. Yeah. Well, that's what people go there looking for. Like, people go to La Jolla looking for leopard sharks. Okay. Yeah. There's even a cave where they're known for going there, but you should not swim in there. Because you don't want to die. Yeah. It's, the currents are strong, and being in a cave is it's not ideal stuff, condition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and we looked back at videos before I said that, and there were sharks we did not notice. Yeah. You said that before that you've looked yeah. at it, and you're like, it's right there. 
it, it's because that day it was a bit more turbid than this last time, so okay. it's like not as clear and obvious. Nice. I do mm-hmm. want to go again, but I yeah. just don't want to freeze. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to look into how much wetsuits are. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. In well, these waters, you might be able to get away with a spring suit depending on the time of year. But then if I'm gonna go to if I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. It's like I'm not gonna buy something I can't use elsewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's why you go to Florida, and you don't have to have a, a wetsuit because it's wonderful <laughs> and beautiful, and the water is beautiful. Anyway, at least at the at the dry tortugas, they're so mm-hmm. nice. Anyway, um, okay, so I chose, because I have not been smork- snorkeling. Mm-hmm. Snorkeling. Snorkeling out here, and everything I see out here comes above the water, so they're all mammals. They're all sea lions and wh- whales and, you know, dolphin and stuff. Anyway, so... I chose one of them from Florida when I went on that snorkeling trip, and I could not identify all those fish. Um, So I'm going to go with the one that was very recognizable and kind of scary looking, and that is the Great Barracuda. And their scientific name is uh, Cifraina. Oh, Barracuda. That's great. Okay, (laughs) Cifraina Barracuda. I'm happy with the second half here. Okay. This species is found throughout the world's oceans in tropical and subtropical waters. They tend to live in closer proximity to the shore around coral reefs, seagrasses, and mangroves, hence why I saw them where we were. They can reach lengths of 1.7 meters. Nope, no thank you. Those were not that big, thank God, because I would have been more freaked out. And weigh 44 kilograms, with the largest specimens being reported reaching lengths of 2 meters and 50 kilograms. So happy that's not what I saw. I probably saw about a 1 meter-ish one, or multiple. I would like anyway, to see one. They're cool. Mm. But then I, I think I also told you, right, mm. someone who works at our old place was from Florida, and I bought this little, on the ship, I bought this little fish identification thing. Yeah. It's laminated and wore that near my guts where <laughs> they like, they're attracted to shiny things. Good, good choices. Anyway, they have a lifespan of about 14 years, but may reach older ages than that. Like other species of barracuda, they are a predatory species, no shit by looking at those teeth, anyway, um, that primarily feed on a variety of smaller fish like jacks, groupers, mullet, herring, and young tuna and anchovies. It'd be tough to go after big tuna. Hmm. Anyway, one distinguishing characteristic of the barracuda is its large, gaping mouth. Yeah. And canine-like <laughs> teeth, which allow it to feed on much larger fish. They're scary looking. Yeah. Flat out, they are scary looking. And I came across one by surprise. I just didn't realize it was in my proximity. And I kind of mm-hmm. freaked out a little bit. And it was probably like, what is the squirrel's yeah. problem? And they killed Nemo's mom. They did. That's true. <laughs> they did. And all of Nemo's siblings. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, wow. Way to bring it down. <laughs> I, it's it's my thing. Okay. That's what you're here for, Casey. Yeah. Anyway, they have a fusiform body shape, like a fuselage, <laughs> um, which basically means they are shaped like a torpedo, which enables them to be fast-moving predators and can reach a top speed of 58 kilometers per hour. Not cool with that. I don't like that. Um, they are also a diurnal predator and have excellent vision that allows them to lock onto their target while in fast pursuit. Its mouth and teeth give it a very intimidating appearance, uh-huh. but that is primarily for show, as if you were to approach one, it would typically just swim away. <laughs> Unless you're Nemo's mom. Um, <laughs> they didn't really care that I was there at all. Yeah. They didn't swim away. They didn't approach. They just went about their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure the ones there are also used to people. So yeah. It's anyway. funny. When I went snorkeling recently, the fish didn't seem to care. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of down, like, at least probably 12 feet down from me anyway. Oh. So, and it's not like I was going to swim up to it. Um, anyway. I would have. 
<laughs> no KC. Yes. It would have been annoyed and then you could see the speed. It could yeah. speed off from you. Mm. Anyway, um, they may be a more coastal species, but evidence suggests that they actually spawn offshore more towards the open ocean. It is also suspected that they use the area around the Florida Keys, basically where I saw them, as their breeding grounds in the spring months. When did we go there? It was probably spring. Anyway. Um, after the offspring hatch, they head into mangroves and seagrass beds to hide from predators and live in this habitat until they're about one year old. Oh, how fast do they grow? Was one mm. little baby bear? That's yeah. probably cute. I bet a little baby <laughs> bear could have his big old teeth. <laughs> cute. Anyway, yeah. uh, they are currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. As of right now, there does not seem to be any major threats to the species' survival. Um, and yeah, that is the great barracuda. They're pretty cool. They are scary looking. <laughs> Definitely mm. scary looking. And um, I'm surprised that like all the like cute pretty fish around there didn't seem concerned by them. So I'm yeah. like, aren't you afraid that's going to murder you <laughs> in any second? But there you go. Yeah. So cool fishies we've seen in the wild. Yeah. Well, that's like one of the funny things. Like when I go snorkeling, the one fish that might mess with you. <laughs> It's the Garibaldi. Oh, really? Yes, these um, are state marine fish. Mm -hmm. um, it's the world's biggest damselfish. They're herbivores. They just eat algae and mm -hmm. tear through their gardens. They remove urchins if they're in the area. Get out. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they'll defend their gardens very well. They're aggressive gardeners. <laughs> yes, it's um, to impress females and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but if you get too close to them, they will smack you. <laughs> They will come like, up and like just run into you, or yeah. is their tail or something to hit yeah, you? Yeah, they, well, they'll like turn and smack you. And I kind of want to experience this, just to be like the fish slapping song. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. okay. And they're also cool because like they change color as they age. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So many cool fish, man. So many cool fish, but so many of them that like it's hard to look into them and find mm -hmm. out information. But. Speaking of fish, obviously, that brings us to, well, not really. It actually. does not bring that was, us. That was not a good segue. Um, but things that are in the ocean, I guess. Yeah. Um, that brings us to our, um, our Animal of the Week. And our Animal of the Week this week, Casey, is... The Predatory Sponge. Yay, the Predatory <laughs> Sponge. Which was actually a listener's choice, so... Don't know where your heads were at this time, but cool. <laughs> You're in line with Casey. Go for it, Casey. Yes. So these guys come from the class Demo Spongy. That's cool. Yep. And they come from the order Porcelosclerida. Oh, okay. And the family they come from is the Cladorizidae. And this species that I'm going to be focusing on more is the, their scientific name is Asbestopluma hypogea. Asbesto like asbestos? That's terrible. <laughs> How do you spell asbestos? Because uh, this is a B. Like a B. I don't know. I don't know how you spell it. But <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. So predatory sponges are found all over the world's oceans, but are most common deep sea um, habitat and can be found as deep as over five kilometers below the surface. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But they can also be found in littoral caves in the Atlantic as well. And these guys feed on small invertebrates, such as small crustaceans, usually around eight millimeters in size, like copepods and amphipods. But obviously, they're not eating the giant ones that also live down there. No. <laughs> That'd be yeah. scary. Yeah. 
So just a little rundown of, um, oh, and I should mention, these guys come from, just a little fun fact, they come from the class demo spongy, um, which is the most diverse of the sponges, and it makes up like 70% of the described species. Okay. All my professors who have had, we've discussed like invertebrates as part of the curriculum, they find that class the most boring out of them. Really? Yes. And like, I kind of get it because like, like, imagine, like, the typical, like, a shower sponge. Like, okay. the old-fashioned ones that are actually sponges. Yeah. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them look like that. Or these tubular things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense, then. And there's, like, these other ones that have, like, these silica ex- skeletons that they make out of their spicules, and they're kind of pretty looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, a little rundown of basic biology to compare to these weird guys. Okay. Yeah. So... They are the most basic of all animals. You're basic. Yep. They have no tissues. They are just made up of cells and lack body symmetry. Okay. They are the only animals without body symmetry. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, all animals will have either bilateral, which is majority, Mm -hmm. at least of the more complex ones, or radial symmetry. Okay. Radial symmetry would be like a... A sphere. A jellyfish. Oh, okay. An anemone. A tinophore. <laughs> just keep naming things. Okay. And then there's a special kind called pentaradial symmetry, which is the echinoderms. So weird. Okay. Yep. I don't remember. Echinoderms, oh, those are the, the starfish and all yes. those. Yes. Yeah. Sea stars, urchins, basket mm-hmm. stars, sea feathers, sea lilies. Sea feathers? Wait, not know. sea feathers. Feather oh. stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yes. Um, so... As I said, they have no tissues, so they have a few different cells that do specialized stuff. Like the coanocytes, um, which basically what they do is how sponges feed is through filter feeding. Mm-hmm. And what these guys do, they have little flagellum tails for the cells. Flagellum? Yes, it's a flagellum. Mm-hmm. And they twirl the flagellum to create a current throughout a the sponge. Like... <laughs> yeah. And it pulls in water along with little micro single-celled organisms. And then they get captured and brought into the sponge. Must be rough to be a micro single cell organism. Yeah. And then there's also amoebocytes, which are, they kind of look like amoebas, which is why it gives them their name. They will come in, take that food, digest it, and then they disperse nutrients to other cells. Hmm. Okay. Yes. And they're also cool in that a lot of their cells can turn into the other types of cells in the body. Ooh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they also, another part of their structure are the things called spicules which are basically kind of like little tiny spines that act as structural support. They can actually be really pretty. Okay. Yeah. There's some that look like hooks and then other ones that look like spears with little fringe things on them. Oh, okay. And that's actually one of the ways I use to identify different species, although some suggest that may not be an accurate way of doing phylogenetics. Okay. Which is why there's not probably a lot of accuracy with the classification of different sponges. Okay. And um, one of the good things about them not having cells and having cells that can change their function Mm -hmm. is that it gives them very good regenerative abilities. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. I've actually seen them, scientists, take a sponge, put it in a syringe, and then shove it down through a sieve until it's like just a little juice. And then it congregates all back together to form a new sponge. That seems mean. I mean, I guess they're not feeling pain. Yeah, they can't feel pain. That's still mean. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of the interesting things about sponges. 
How weird. Okay. Yep. And like I mentioned, they create their own current to Mm -hmm. force water through. And it's funny. There's this one video I've always been shown whenever we talk about sponges. It over-dramatizes. It turns into, it like, takes you down to, like, a cellular level Mm -hmm. uh, animation and all this dramatic music and stuff. It's so funny. (laughs) And then there's another video where they take a dye and it shows you just how fast it moves through the sponge. And basically there's three kinds of body plans of sponges. The most simplistic is called an askinoid sponge. Okay. Which is basically, it's kind of like, it's very simple. It's just basically this one singular cavity in the sponge. Okay. Yeah. Then there's also psychonoid sponges, which still have a central cavity, but then there's little pockets um, within the sponge, and that adds more surface area to it Mm, and allows them to filter faster and get more food. Okay. Then there's the leukonoid sponges, where there's basically no central cavity, and there's this very complex network of little filtration cavities throughout the body. Hmm, okay. Yeah, and those are the most complex and numerous of the different kinds of sponges okay now on to the weirdos in the deep the predatory sponges all right yes so they have a very different body plan from other sponges okay because like i mentioned ordinary sponges kind of have like cylindrical or somewhat bulbous shape to them Mm -hmm. most carnivorous sponges are erect and have a stalk or branching body okay yep uh, the species I'm talking about in particular has this single stalk that, to me, looks kind of like a flower if a flower had a bunch of little spiky things at the end of it. Oh, okay. Yep. That sounds like more like a weapon than a flower, but okay. <laughs> um, but my personal favorite species is the harp sponge, but that species lives in the Pacific. Okay. Yep, there's like these two. It kind of looks like an X if you were looking above it, and then these little stalks that come up. How is that a harp? I don't know. Ugh, the people who name these things, are they just completely high when it happens? (laughs) Anyway, okay, continue on. That's not the one we're talking about. So this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one is just like. Is a a weapon, basically, is what you're telling me. Okay, great. And the aquiferous system is reduced or absent in predatory sponges. What was the aquiferous system again? It's where there's like the chambers with the coanocytes that cause the water to move through the... Create, basically create a current to filter food. Okay, okay. Yep. So they don't have that because they're nope. not going to filter their food. They're going to go after something. Nope. Okay, here we so go. So they have no coanocytes to create the current and collect food. And one of the questions as to why that is, and a possible answer is that the deep sea um, has oligotrophic conditions. What is that? That is when there are low nutrients but high oxygen content in the water. Okay. So there's going to be very little food particles in suspicion that could be filter feed by ordinary sponges. Okay. So if they were ordinary sponges, they would literally starve to death. Okay. Which is kind of weird thinking of a sponge starving to death. It is weird. (laughs) Yep. Um, So what this sponge does is that it has filaments on its body that have spicules on them. Okay. And the spicules are somewhat hook-shaped. Okay. So they will latch onto their prey's appendages, and they kind of just get stuck onto the sponge. So the prey gets stuck in place, or the sponge goes with it? No, it gets stuck in place. The prey so gets stuck on like the sponge. Down. Yep. It must be a smaller fish. Okay. Well, it's not fish well, usually. Whatever. It's crustaceans yeah, usually, okay. like amphipods, copepods. 
Sorry. Okay. <laughs> what is this yeah. noise? And after being captured. Oh, that's right. Obviously, it wouldn't be a fish. Yeah. That's. I'm sorry. This is terrifying. The fact that they're going to eat this crustacean. <laughs> is okay. And after being captured, the prey gets engulfed by the amoebocytes. Lovely. Yes. And then these cells start to digest the prey externally by well, releasing well, it's enzymes. Alive. So yep. it's worse than the uh, than the other guys. Okay, yep. great. Yeah. So and as the enzymes are breaking down the body. There's going to be bits and pieces that start falling apart. Then other kinds of cells come along and they start engulfing the fragments. This is a nightmare. <laughs> yep. A nightmare. <laughs> this is a horror story situation. Yep. yep. And um, this is very different from typical sponges as in normal sponges that just filter feed. They're limited in what they consume because they eat by a process called phagocytosis. Which is basically the cell engulfs something to mm -hmm. digest it. So they're limited to eating something as small as they are. Okay. Whereas these guys, they um, will break it down and then use phagocytosis on the smaller bits. Gross. <laughs> yeah. And then after the body breaks, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or you said that. <laughs> the whole process will take about eight to ten days for larger prey items. How soon are they dead? Like within hours, hopefully? It takes a few hours for them to get engulfed, so I assume so. That's terrifying. <laughs> that is a slow, awful death. Yeah. This species is also very significant for research in evolutionary biology because it shows that it is possible for there to be transitioned from a simple filter feeder like a sponge into more complex feeding behaviors to eat larger prey items. Um, that's terrifying. <laughs> But like it's like a Venus flytrap. Like mm -hmm. I feel like there's just plants that can just exist, and there are plants that can eat you. <laughs> just like there are sponges and other non-very mobile animals yeah. that will eat you. Yeah. The funny thing is, like one of my questions on my invertebrate zoology final was like, um, like in vertebrates, people often think is like most of the things is like they use speed and power to just bring down their prey, whereas like in invertebrates, they often catch fast moving prey even though they're very slow and sluggish mm -hmm. and one question was like name uh organism and its hunting behavior that allows it to catch faster prey mm -hmm. and i'm surprised when researching this i did not choose this thing <laughs> what did you choose i chose let me think i chose spiders using webs oh, okay what else did i choose Oh my gosh. I do remember I had to fix it because initially I chose um, sea stars feeding on mussels. I was like, Casey, those are not fast moving. Because <laughs> I reread the questions like, oh wait, this is not what I thought it said. Uh, oh man, this yeah. is kind of terrifying. You never have to come up, writers, with a scary monster. Just look in the ocean. Yeah. They're there for you. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Anyway, okay. Oh, and I also, yes. I remember the other one was sea jellies. Okay. Yeah, because they use stingers to catch, like, fish and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The power of venom. <laughs> the power of venom. <laughs> Poisoned. Um, all right. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, that was fascinating and slightly terrifying. I mean, interesting. It's one of my, like, I literally terrifying. just learned about these this year. <laughs> I don't want to know about Like, this. I remember seeing video from Monterey Bay's, um, Instagram feed on mm -hmm. like when they found the harp sponges. I was like, I had no idea that they were predatory sponges. <laughs> I only learned about predatory sponges in my vertebrate zoology course. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. I'm a little freaked really out cool. for knowing about them now. So <laughs> there we go. And now this doesn't seem as fun. Um, okay. All right, Casey. What do you use to clean a coral reef? A sponge? Yeah. <laughs> got it. Gosh. You got it. <laughs> Anywho. But that brings us to our challenge. And it has been a while since we have done a, um, uh, this one actually is an alphabet. We always say an offshoot of our alphabet and it's never alphabetic anymore whatever alphabet related but this one is we're gonna go back Casey mm -hmm. to the having to do the last letter of an animal's name to begin it with all right and I don't know how this is gonna go because I decided this before this was chosen we're doing a predatory sponge a predatory sponge yeah I'm gonna go first uh what do we think five minutes wait so but we're gonna use your your so the next one the first one has to start with e um or yeah, well no well okay. yeah okay yes I'm no okay sorry yeah sure we'll do that way. Sorry. Okay. I was I was gonna try I, I'm I'm mixing my things up I was gonna have us do an animal for each thing of the of the oh okay but but no actually you're right we're gonna do the e so can you set your thing because we trust yours more <laughs> although now that mine's new it probably is a little more we could do the predatory sponge name that would be fun. <laughs> that'd be I, awful. <laughs> We can try to do that too. All right, five Which minutes. Which one do you want to do? We can do either. Let's do the name. So the it's name. going to so be. We have to go through it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going first. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Oh no, this is going to be awful. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to track this. Okay, ready, go. All right. Pika. Resplendent Quetzal. <laughs> All animals we've talked about. <laughs> um, e elephant. I'm basic. D. Um, dog face pufferfish. Okay, great. Um. Uh, uh, and a, d d don't, no, I'm going to say an aardvark. T. Titamu. Okay. Um, O, an orangutan. R. R. Redback spider. Okay. Y, happy I got that one. That's a yak, the first time at least. S. Um, silver dollar. That is not <laughs> Sand dollar. <laughs> Silver dollar. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Um, P, uh, pronghorn, not antelope. Oh, octopus. Okay. Um, N, A, um, Y, is that hard? Um, I'm going to be mean and say it northern. <laughs> I knew right it. Now. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> G. Oh my gosh, why can't? What the hell? Gorilla. There you go. I didn't want to be basic. Um, we're going to be basic. <laughs> e. Um, let's, uh, and Eland. S again. No, now we're R. back to. Oh wait. Oh wait, that's we're right. P. P. Yep. Um, Puffin. A puffin. <laughs> R. A reticulated giraffe. E. Um, you said Eland. I elephant. Did. I did elephant the first time. Oh. I got oh, yeah, all these. Right. You're going to get all these this time. E. Oh, my gosh. Oh, elephant true. There you go. Um, D, a dingo. A. Mm -hmm. A guti. Uh, you didn't even know about those before. <laughs> no, I didn't know about a coochie. Oh, okay, okay. T, um, 
a I'm doing it a tiger shark. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Why? A yellow tang. Um, why? How'd you get to? Why? Oh wait. Oh. 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 <laughs> That's what I was gonna use for that. Why too? But Dang you're gonna it. have it anyway, so it's okay. It'll be your letter. Oh. Um. Oh. Uh, why can't I think of oh? Octopus. I don't think he said octopus yet, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, there were two O's. Oh my gosh. That's not an animal. <laughs> oh. What the hell? I feel like I've never had Oh, copy. There we go. My goodness. Um, that, was, that was difficult. R, again, a... I'm trying to not be super basic. I am. I'm going to be so basic. A reticulated python. <laughs> Gosh. Yellow tang. I already said it. There you go. You got yeah. it. Um, okay. Now we're to S. A. Serval. P. Purple urchin. Okay. Um, oh, um, and that has to be in something. There has to be an orange something. I know. I was trying to think of one, <laughs> but I can't. There's a tequila um, sunrise <laughs> guppy, but there's no orange uh, guppy. Why is O so difficult? I don't know. Are we going to die on O? O alone. See. Nope. Nope. Tiger beetle. Okay. I got oh, there. yeah. I got there. There you go. Whoo. Okay. That was rough. Okay. N. Mm-hmm. Nimbat. Okay. Um, G. Uh, Garibaldi. They start with G, right? Yes, they do. <laughs> Great. E. Um. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I feel like everything just begins with elephant. It's just another animal with elephant. In the I know. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I can't use I can't use the elephant. True. Oh wait, elephant fish. <laughs> yep. Back to P. I'm gonna say a um porcupine. R. Oh my goodness! What the hell? Red urchin. Here we go. E. I really wanted something without elephant in the name. Like, really bad. Ethiopian wolf. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't I think of it? That was my pick. <laughs> I know. Um, D. Oh, my gosh. D, 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 D. Why can't I think of D? He died on D. How appropriate. As long as I counted correctly, we got 33, which I feel like hmm. is reasonable. Yeah. We definitely repeated some from old times, but we haven't done this in a while. So it's okay. And I wouldn't have known about an Olone tiger beetle if <laughs> it weren't for you talking about them. How are we failing at O that bad? I don't know. There has to be orange something. Like there's oryx, but is there just an oryx that's just an oryx on its own and not like an Arabian oryx? Yes, but we use like... Tiger. <laughs> tiger. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Elephant. Um, puffin. <laughs> I didn't want to be cheesy, but we could have done sponge. <laughs> you can't use the name that's in the name. We never established that. Okay, but that's cheating. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, let us know how you did. Hopefully you did better than us. I love as we do more and more animals, as we cover more and more animals, we're just going to pull <laughs> all yeah. of our animals ever. Next like, time we'll do scientific names. Casey. Casey. <laughs> Otter. All night. <laughs> <laughs>
of an otter. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Anyway, you literally talked about otters <laughs> recently. What is an om? I don't know. It's a thing. But anyway, that brings us to the end of episode... You were supposed to do it, Casey. <laughs> 55. <laughs> Luckily, I looked this time. 55. Oh, my God. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Oh, it's a salamander. Salamander.